Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Well, welcome to this newest episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, and I'm the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference, and we're live and in person with Amy Coles here at Lake Junaluska. Now, just to give you a little introduction, Amy Coles is a Smoky Mountain District Superintendent, and my cubicle, well, it sits on the other side of the glass from her office at the Foundation for Evangelism there at Lake Junaluska. Amy and I have worked together since 2012 when she was assigned to this district right after Ken Carter was elected bishop and moved to Florida. So, Amy, it's great to have you on this very first show live to uh, fa- live and face-to-face. So uh, thanks for coming on this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here and great to have your cubicle near my. I'm glad to have some IT help whenever necessary. Oh, well, we do our best. And so, yeah, we had such a long commute to the show today. We did, down the hall. All the way down the hall. But um, we'll just get right into an interview. And as I've told all my guests before, it doesn't take long to waste 30 minutes of time on radio. So we'll just move right into it. Um, what we, or what I do know, and not a lot of folks know about Amy Coles, is that you didn't come to the ministry right out of uh, college. You had a little time before you came a little bit second career. So tell us a little bit about what happened before you came into ministry and how did you end up into ministry? Okay. Well, I graduated from UNCG in child and family development and so was actually working on a master's in developing computer software for children. That was a time when Computers were just going into the classroom, particularly the preschool classroom, and I wanted to be on the front edge of that. At the same time, I was trying to make a living, so I was managing a pet store in Greensboro, North Carolina. That had just been a hobby of mine throughout my years, and so I was learning some great skills in how to work with people. When all of a sudden, God got a hold of me. I was also at that time very active in my home church, Christ United Methodist Church, in Greensboro, working with the youth department, um, working and teaching in Bible studies and other things. And all of a sudden, God began to plan in my heart the idea about going to seminary. And so I went and talked to Ken Carter, um, whose position I took in in this job, and um, talked to him about that. As a woman, I hadn't seen a lot of women um, be pastors or lead churches, and so we had lots to talk through, but that was the way I entered the ministry. The interesting thing is I've used all that I did before um, becoming a pastor in ministry, even to the point of being in churches where I've gotten the opportunity to hold some snakes and to clip some bird wings. Well, there you go. And so if we ever need a snake handling DS, we've got one right here. Absolutely not. Oh, boy. Absolutely (laughs) not, yes. Well, you've been a DS now since 2009, and you may hold the record of serving three districts since 2009. Uh, Tell us a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a favorite story or two from being in three different districts. Okay. Well, I began serving in 2009 in what used to be called the Albemarle District, and that was made up of three counties, Union County, Anson County, and Stanley County. And probably my favorite stories from that district were 
we were on, uh, I was there when we began the Circles program in Anson County, mm-hmm. and we partnered with the General Board of Global Ministries in this program to help people with generational poverty. And so First United Methodist Church in Wadesboro and Rob Rollins uh, worked together with the district and with GBGM to begin this wonderful new ministry in which people came and learned some skills and were able to meet some goals, and we saw dramatic differences in their lives. The other thing uh, that happened to me while I was in the Albemarle District was that was during uh, the time of the earthquake in Haiti. Oh, yeah. And so some churches in Union County uh, got excited about how we could assist there. And so they decided that we would be a part of efforts to pack a million meals. We partnered with a group called Feed My Starving Children, which is a lot like Stop Hunger Now. Mm -hmm. And so for three days, we worked at Mineral Springs. United Methodist Church, to pack meals. And there were church people that were there. There were community people that were there. And together, we worked to provide for the people of Haiti. So that was a wonderful story. I may hold the record for serving the shortest time in the district. That's true, yeah. As we made the transition in our conference from 15 to 8 districts. And so the bishop assigned me to the Appalachian District and had a chance to serve there for two months. I refer to myself as their DS of the month, (laughs) and began to um, just implement the transition. And so as we um, combined the the North Wilkesboro District with some of the Marion District and the Statesville District, I had the opportunity to begin that process, which Lori Beth Huffman has continued in an excellent way. And then, as you said, once Ken Carter was elected bishop, the bishop invited me to come to the Smoky Mountain District. And it's been great to be a part of this district. Probably my favorite story here was the first Sunday I preached at Long's Chapel, United Methodist Church. And one of the unique things about Long's Chapel is that at their 820 service, as you're preaching, sitting on the front row, is a wonderfully faithful gentleman named Cowboy. And Cowboy comes every Sunday morning. And around Cowboy's neck is a leather pouch. And in that leather pouch is a squirrel named Angel. And so Angel worships with them and when I was there with us um, every Sunday morning. And so as I was preaching, I watched Cowboy get Angel out of the pouch and begin to rub on him and um, brought me back to my pet store days. Yeah, that's a, It's a very unique church, and I served there as an associate back in the 90s. And it's very interesting you know, to see where it has grown because it was a uh, it wasn't a small country church, but it was a country church, and now it has you know, grown into this mega church for Haywood County, no doubt about it. It has three three very vibrant services and wonderful outreach ministries. And it, it's always interesting to go in there between services and see people just waiting to get in and you know, almost banging on the doors ready to get in. So it's a, a different place And when I served there. Now, you're the very first DS we've had on the show, and we'll interview several over the, the course of the year. I, I want you to tell us a little bit about what the work of the cabinet is like. What What is the day-to-day and sort of periodic life of being a DS and, and having to supervise all these pastors in a district? Okay. Well, I, I would say overall it's probably been the most fulfilling but also the most challenging work that I've done as a pastor in the United Methodist Church. There is never a dull moment 
when you serve on the cabinet. In fact, had a pastor ask me yesterday, uh, when's your downtime? When do you get time, <laughs> time off? And I told him I thought there were a couple of days in August that we could take some downtime, but it, it's just great to be a part of that. So there, there are lots of things that we do, and particularly as we've transitioned uh, into the eight districts, our, our focus has, has shifted a little bit. But I think our basic overall responsibility is, is to support and resource the pastors and the churches across the district and to be there to help them live into the mission of making disciples for Jesus Christ so that they can transform lives and communities through their ministry. We also have the job of supervising and helping clergy live into the covenant that they make with the annual conference. And sometimes that's some of the most difficult work is as we hold clergy accountable mm-hmm. to that covenant and, and support them in, in keeping that. One of my favorite parts of this job is that I have the opportunity to nurture candidates, those who are first feeling the call to come into ministry and journeying with them as they explore how they might live out that candidacy and as they enter seminary and complete their educational requirements and as they come back into the conference and have hopes and dreams for how they might live out God's call in their lives among us. Large part of the job is conflict resolution. No, no doubt. And so spend time working with churches and pastors that maybe are having some conflict or if there's conflict between churches, being that um, non-anxious presence that comes in and listens to both sides and helps them to see a way through that. And that's been something that I've learned throughout the six years that I've done this, that I that if we can just listen and if we can just talk and if we can manage expectations, that most of the time we can move through the conflict that we have. Uh, there is some administration in this role. Uh, certainly um, a person that either goes and does the charge conferences in the local churches or authorizes an elder to do that. And I'm responsible for making sure that each church has a charge conference every year. And then, as most pastors would know, I'm also responsible for making sure that those year-end statistical reports get completed and filed so that we have that information both in the conference and for the general church. So how's the Smoky Mountain District doing right now? We are. We've got 100% in. Oh, wow. Great. That is amazing. Uh, And it's just, you know, the 23rd was the the deadline. The deadline, yes. So always amazing uh, to hear that. Um, And in my work in communications and and working with a lot of different uh, cabinet members, uh, the stories that I hear of that administration part is just amazing. Um, and I don't know that there was any training you got in seminary that would prepare you for your job right now. No, there wasn't. But one of the things that has been important to me is to remember that while the administration part is probably the least glamorous part of this role, that really the administration serves as a structure, as a foundation that helps us live into that mission. And so if I can keep that in my mind and help pastors and churches realize that really ChargeCom wonderful information that you're in statistical reports provide us with good information that help us then become more vital and healthy. Um, I think we can keep it all in perspective. And then the last thing that we do, which is something that we're going to be focusing on a lot in the next couple of months, is appointment making oh, yeah. and helping to match pastors with churches in missional ways so that um, it's a good fit and so that they can continue to live out God's mission for them in their communities. 
Now, one of the things that I talk with with the bishop and and you know I find out from other uh, superintendents is that that whole appointment making process is different than it was you know when I first entered the ministry and I've been in and around the church since uh, 1980 and it is amazing to think uh, how many appointments are made mid year now and and sort of the constant process of appointment making and so. Uh, when you made that mention early on that uh, you have a few downtimes in, in August. That's about right anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happening all the time. Now, you're also the secretary of the cabinet. Uh, what does it entail to be the secretary of the cabinet? The, the secretary of the cabinet, again, has some of the less glamorous roles. Uh, I keep the minutes. For our cabinet meetings, I handle the logistical details as far as making sure that we have places to meet and places to stay. As a cabinet, we meet together generally once a month for two or three days, and in the next couple of months, it'll be for an entire week together. Um, Responsible for being a steward of the conference funds that the cabinet is responsible for that both help supply our meetings as well as some emergency funds if pastors need that. Um, And I work as a link. I work as a link between the cabinet and our district administrative assistants. And then I'm also a link between the IT folks at the conference office and the cabinet and the district offices. So preparing moving packets, preparing welcoming packets as clergy come into the districts, those kind of things are, are things that I do. Well, I know that you do it well, and one of the things that you do is you provide snacks. I do. <laughs> and so the couple of times I've been to cabinet meetings, uh, they always have the best snacks, and we can thank Amy Coles for making that happen. Uh, but uh, you have, over your career, been really good with administration. You've been really good at hospitality. That's just one of your gifts. Um, and then uh, you're also a great preacher. And uh, we heard you at memorial service this past year at annual conference. And you just have a, a, a grand set of gifts. And to think they all started in a pet store. Pretty wild, isn't it? <laughs> that is pretty wild. Well, it's about time to take a break. And after the break, we'll come back and talk more with Amy and her ministry as a district superintendent. So take a moment. My name is Sally Queen, and I'm the Associate Director of Ministerial Services. By virtue of our baptism, we are all called into ministry. This call is being faithfully lived out in the communities of Western North Carolina as people of all ages participate in building God's kingdom. Others are responding to God's call to license or ordain ministry by committing to faithfully lead our churches in vitality. All who are called are using their talents and gifts to follow Jesus, make disciples, and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build a church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes. And we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina by going to our page, um, sponsor page on the website. And that website uh, address is umconnect.info. So we're back here live with Amy Coles in Lake Junaluska. So you're the DS in the Smoky Mountain District. 
and it is a unique place to itself compared to all the other eight districts in the conference. Uh, what do you see as uh, some of the unique qualities of uh, the Smoky Mountain District? Well, Mike, when we made the transition from 15 to 8 districts, one of the things that we um, chuckled about a lot on the transition team was that the Smoky Mountain, what was formerly known as the Waynesville District, and we didn't change much when we made that transition, but that we were the geographically challenged district, meaning that the mountains um, made the district spread out, and it's about two and a half hours from one of the district to the other. But what I want to say, having served here now for a little over two years, is I think it's the geographically blessed district. Um, just beautiful country and a wonderful um, opportunity to experience God's creation uh, and to experience uh, the ministry and mission of the United Methodist Church in these areas. Yeah, this is uh, a unique place for me. This is the second time that I've lived in this district. Um, the first time I was at Long's Chapel and was there about three and a half years, and then I came back from Japan and having served a church over there, um, I moved back here. I was on leave of absence and, and lived here in uh, the district for now eight years, which is pretty amazing, I think about it, uh, eight years in one place. But um uh, some of the jobs I held while I was on leave of absence uh, worked with the 30th Alliance, which was a seven counties that you know make up uh, this district. And uh, you know I'd be called to a court date in Murphy, and I would be there. And then all of a sudden they'd say, "Oh, you need to go over to Hayesville," and then, "Oh, on your way home, go through Silva and talk to so and so." And it amazed me that you know, I was working a district very much like you, but in a whole different way. And, uh, yeah, you can travel a lot of miles in this district and never get out of it. That's right. I used to think that, you know, the farthest west we went was Murphy, and I've learned now that we actually have a church that's 30 minutes past Murphy, and Reed's Chapel is doing some great ministry out there. So it's just been wonderful to explore this part of the state. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, and we talk to folks all the time, and you know, they know Asheville. They've been as far as Asheville. And I said, oh, you've got to come further. And then they get here and they realize, wow, there's still two and a half hours that you can travel and still be in North Carolina, which is an amazing thing. So you have, what, 69 churches in this district. Mm -hmm. um, some of our other districts have upwards of 120. And I, what is the Yadkin Valley District? That's, 162, I okay. think. So um, this is a little smaller district in terms of churches, maybe larger geographically. How is managing uh, this district different than some of your colleagues in the other districts? Well, that's how I have time to do the role as cabinet secretary. And as we envisioned this, we thought that the, the person that served this district could also assume that role because I do have a little bit more time. But I'm trying to do a lot of the same things that my colleagues are doing. Certainly our focus is to be the missional strategist in the district and to support the churches, to provide resources, to, to push those resources out to the churches. But one of the unique things I think about the Smoky Mountain District is that while we are blessed in, in our churches with folks that have grown up in this area and that are anchor members and have been members for a long time, we're also blessed with seasonal guests who come in in April and May from Florida or other places and, and spend the summer and early fall in the mountains. 
And so while many churches are kind of shrinking and their programming slows down in the summer, we here in the Smoky Mountain District kind of gear up because our churches tend to swell and our seasonal guests come and they want to be a part of Vibrant Ministries. And so that's an exciting challenge uh, as I serve in this district. Yeah, it's definitely um, different in that way. And you know, I, can, I can think of a little shady grove that during the winter, they're a fairly small local church and then they'll double in size. Uh, when the summer comes, and and nobody there uh, that comes in the summer realizes that, oh, wow, uh, we're not from here. Right. They're welcomed and made to feel uh, very much part of that little congregation. Um, so when you were down in the Albemarle District, and now that is basically the Uori District, uh, mm-hmm. maybe another county or two added, um, what do you see um, as the differences now between Uwari uh, and uh, Smoky Mountain? How, how would you uh, look at the difference between the two? Well, when I was in the Albemarle District, it, it really was three distinct counties. Anson County deals with great poverty. And so the churches in that area were working really hard to address the poverty of that county. Stanley County used to be a very vibrant county with lots of mills and industries, and those have closed. And so it was in a time of remissioning. And the churches also needed to remission because many of the churches had been planted around the mills. And so as the mills had closed, people had moved away. And so they were having to kind of re-envision what it meant to do ministry and how to partner together. Then Union County had was growing at, at a rate of 400%. And so where that had been a rural county in many um, aspects of of its life, it it was now growing by leaps and bounds, and and churches were really having to run to keep up. And so as I worked in that, it was how to keep all three of those balls in the air. Mm. Here in the Smoky Mountain District, it it seems a little more homogenous as we're working together. Now, in the mountains, certainly the churches are clustered in communities or in towns uh, just because of the geography. Right. But we do have a wonderful mix of small churches and medium-sized churches and then it's some larger churches. And, and the goal is how can we all work together in each of these towns and communities to increase the Methodist witness? Mm, no doubt about it. And I, I guess out here um, in Haywood County, there are over 150 churches. Thirteen of them are United Methodist. And so uh, our witness is very strong here and very, very apparent. Uh, in that we are doing some things that other churches aren't doing. But uh, if you were to go to the store and mention that you were part of a Methodist church, there are folks that don't even know what a Methodist church are <laughs> in Haywood County. And that's pretty amazing um, how our witness is. But they do know some of the things we're involved in that other churches aren't involved in. Um, what do you see as uh, your most rewarding work as a district superintendent? And you mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but uh, – what do you see as uh, things that really bless you and bless your life as a DS? Well, first and foremost, it's just getting to work with the great pastors and the great churches, a part of this district and actually across our connection, uh, faithful people who are really seeking to, to share God's love with others. And so I see it as my opportunity to, to coach to support, to share resources, to just help them do the ministry that they want to do. And, and that is certainly, certainly rewarding. I also am thrilled to be able to be a part of some missional communities 
that have been started in this district. Um, one is held out at the Nantahala Outdoor Center, right. the River of Life Ministry, and from Memorial Day to Labor Day, there's a group that gathers on the porch of Smokey Joe's Cafe <laughs> at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday mornings and worships and before they go out on the, the river. And so it's just a neat way to see the um, extension of the church in different places. And then outside of Cashers, there's a, a mission called Love Out Loud, and they're working to feed and to nurture and, and to help the people in that community. And so I'm really excited about the ways that the church is taking its ministry out into the communities and, and outdoors, and, and it's just a joy to be a part of that. Again, as I said earlier, I love working with candidates. For ministry and just um, getting to hear their vision and getting to hear with how God is working with them and then nurturing them along in that journey and seeing the ways that God is calling them to mission and ministry. And I have to say, having been a pastor for 23 years, it really is, it keeps me alive and help, helps me to push me outside the box because I think they see mission and ministry and being a pastor a little bit differently than even I do. Hmm. Um, daily, they remind me I'm getting older. And so to just kind of be a part of their energy and to, to hear their passion for reaching others for Christ is, is just great. Right. Now, um, this district, it has a, a good share of local pastors and, and persons coming through the system in a different way. Yesterday, you interviewed lots of local pastors that serve churches. How does our uh, district compare to other districts in terms of percentage of pastors serving you know, in, in roles as uh, full-time or part-time local pastors? Well, we probably have more part-time local pastors uh, than we do, well, I know we, than we do full-time. But the other thing about this district that's unique, I think, is that we are located near Lake Junaluska, which is where a lot of United Methodist pastors come and retire. And so we kind of balance that um, having local pastors serving some of our smaller churches, as well as retired pastors who aren't quite ready to, to give up ministry and want to continue to use their gifts. And so we are incredibly blessed in this district by um, retired pastors who come and, and serve faithfully and continue to nurture congregations. So yesterday we did um, interview lots of our local pastors, and they're doing great ministry. And I know the United Methodist Church couldn't survive without them. So we're, we're very blessed. Yeah. I, I, while y'all were doing these interviews, somebody uh, came in and was talking to me about their local church and a little small church out in the country in Haywood County, and it's being served by a retired elder. And I'm thinking where I grew up in Alabama, a church that size would never get a retired elder. And, and that is an advantage we have here in this part of the, the state in that you know, we do have a, a glut of retired pastors living in Waynesville, Lake Junaluska area. And it's a, a great opportunity to be able to use them in ministry and to uh, resource some of these local churches like you, you wouldn't be able to do in some of your other districts. Absolutely. They also are wonderful at mentoring some of our younger clergy. And so the, the pastors in this district have an opportunity to learn from the wisdom of those that have gone before them. Well, we're almost running out of time. This 30 minutes will you know, go quickly. But uh, you know, you've been in this role six years. You've still got a lot of ministry left in you. Um, what do you see as your growing edges? What are the opportunities you see in your future as you grow in ministry and do other things? 
Well, what I would say first and foremost is that I think we are a part of a mission field like we've never been. Maybe at the beginning of Methodism, you know, it, it was like we are today, but we're just in a different world. And so one of the things that for me is a growing edge and an opportunity is that I, I have a great opportunity to try things and I may fail or try things and um, I may succeed. And to help churches also do that, to just be willing to try whatever it takes to reach people for Jesus Christ. I love the way Gil Rendell puts it. He says that the way we need to approach ministry uh, in today's world is to do it this way, ready, fire, and aim. <laughs> which is, I like that. I, you know, which, which says to me, we just got to keep sharing the love of Christ, and some things may succeed, some things may not, but then we can refine that as we continue to work and do ministry. Well, it has been great to be with you on the show today. I know that uh, uh, we have a lot to look forward to in the future. And, you know, I think about it, I've been around since 1980, but still got a lot of years left. And so I look forward to serving with you in the future as well. So thanks for coming on the show and blessings on this upcoming season of appointment making that you got ahead of you. So thanks to everybody for listening to us on Blog Talk Radio. This show will be available as a podcast at our Blog Talk page and on the show website and also on iTunes now. And you can keep up with the latest on our website, umconnect.info. We're going to be back next week with another DS, John Boggs, connecting United Methodists with their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.